There we go. Hello, everyone. Is it working? Can someone talk? Hello? Hello, it's working. Beautiful. Wondering if Dan's image is frozen or if he's very good at sitting still. Oh, I think Dan literally might have just frozen. Oh, wow, we just got a load of subscribers. Uh, I need to turn that off because I don't want that to appear on the video. All right, guys, just give us two seconds to get started. Um, let's see. Stream elements. I don't want that to show up, and I don't want that to show up. Okay. Um, thank you for the subs, everyone. Right, Dan seems to have frozen, which is hilarious because you'd think he'd be the most prepared. Oh, no, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> he'll be back in a minute. I reckon he's uh, north of the wall. Internet just cut out or something. Um, let's give him a second to come back. The uh, the chat's kicking off. Everyone's here. We've got 41 people watching us so far. Um, well, this was going to be a charity stream for uh, deep vein thrombosis, which is something that Dan struggles with on a regular basis. <laughs> um, but we've knocked that on the head, and it's now just going to be a chat with the four of us. But at the moment, it's the three of us. Because Dan's lost in the ether. Um, how are you, boys? Why are you, why are you just a black square, Jay? I can't, I can't see you. Because um, uh, you can't see me because I'm using my camera for um, for the stream, if that makes sense. Uh, so I can't use it for two things. I've got to choose which thing I <laughs> can actually use it for. But sorry, sorry that I'm a black square. <laughs> I saw a video of you jumping headfirst into a like a two foot deep pool a pool this morning, <laughs> and I thought of, of all the people in Tesseract that it's probably not wise to be doing that. You might have been the one. Yeah, I basically landed on my back. It really, really hurt. <laughs> I I've had a few beers, and um, Harry, my son, dared me to do it, and I thought it was a great idea. It wasn't. Don't do what nine-year-olds tell you to do. That's the lesson I learned. That's the lesson you learned. I think me, you and Dan have all got the same outdoor swimming pool by the looks of things. Which is kind of a dream. Although your you guys, your one, the water actually looks nice and fresh. My one, I it's just below these trees that are shedding like junk into the pool. And I'm having to go down go around every morning, skim the top put all these chemicals in to make it not green and mm. it's it's just it's way more effort than i thought it'd ever be yeah no it's a nightmare i was actually we've had it for two weeks and it went completely green and we had to clean it a few days ago yeah and refill it so and it's already starting to look a bit dodgy now yeah it's only been 24 hours of water yeah well there's a, place a that... pump yeah a I've got a, 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 i'm on to my second i bought like it came with a filter and it was rubbish and i've bought a second one that's more powerful um mm. that's pretty good but you have to like clean that out every day because it just gets full of pollen um but there's a place down the road that where one of bailey's mates thinks is hilarious that i keep going to called leslie's pool supplies and it's uh it's got everything it's got everything you might need um it's a lot of fun it's actually not a lot of fun but it, they've got like 
uh, Rick and Morty pool floats and things like that. But I, I'm just going there for the chemicals. That's what all the I upkeep of a house with a real swimming pool would be? Like, what a nightmare, cleaning that every day. I think if you've got a legit swimming pool, you've got someone to do it. <laughs> Here he is. Stand the man. Yeah. What I don't happened know what there? Happened. As, soon, as soon as your stream went live, because I had it on screen, yeah. Discord just crashed. So I don't know. Weird. 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 Very weird. In fact, I'm going to try it again. Looking how bad today with the uh, slick back hair. Say again. <laughs> You're looking quite Spandau Ballet with your thick back hair. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm going for, mate. I'm try- honestly, I'm bringing it back. It's going to be a revival. Dan Duran, I'm, I'm really trying to take take on the name. I can remember being sat outside of Sphere Studios like back in the day. I think it was... We would have been doing one of the sessions there for um, the first album. And I was sat in the Ford Focus that I had uh, with my kit. And someone just came and he knocked on the window... And he looked at me and he went, Duran Duran. I'm like, no. Because <laughs> it was their studio as well. Yeah, that's true. It was. Um, they, they owned half of it. You should have turned around and went, Spandau Ballet. Well, <laughs> 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 uh, what an idiot to think that some, somebody in Duran Duran was driving an old Ford Focus with a drum kit in the back. True. Right? Yeah, literally. It's something, though. I. I name drop, I met Le Bon and it was pure fantasy. This massive uh, motorbike pulls up to um, Metropolis Studios and walks a guy in leathers. He's like six foot four. Takes off his helmet and his hair swishes in the wind like it's in some fucking hair shampoo advert. He just points at me and says (laughs) it was just um, unbelievable. I missed the punchline to that. Make, it, made, it makes me think think, think of you, Mars. <laughs> I can imagine you to be ex- that exact character. <laughs> ah, all right. Lads. We've lads, got... lads, 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 lads. Hashtag lads. We've got loads of people talking at us. And we've had quite a few questions dropped into the Discord. Um, mm-hmm. Into the Discord. That's what the How old people we... call it. I'm, um, I'm a Discord. Uh, in they're in Tess podcast questions under housekeeping, um, oh, which you you can get in there and have a look. I don't think it will disconnect you from this call, but if it does, it does. Um, and I'm just going to do like random picks from there, and we've got some people lined up that are going to jump on a call with us as well. So there's some, as you might imagine, by asking um, the people who watch me on the internet because I'm pretty much just a dickhead um the the first few questions are are dickhead questions and then we get into some serious ones so um let's see the first question that came in i'm going to do it because it's literally number one the very first question that came in was from randy who asks who would win in a fight out of you guys uh if it were a battle royale scenario dan probably because he's got policeman power We've, I don't. I think we lost you. I haven't got your voice, mate. Not so Oh, you're back. You're back. You're back. What? Um, I mean, well, I, I think 
I think Amos has got some serious ninja uh-huh. skills locked locked away that we're not being so, told about. I mm. think Amos would That's... take us all on, to be honest. I think a funnier fight would be me and Ackle, because that would be the battle of the pussies. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I mean, I'm gonna say you seen him? He's got he's got some gymnastics that he, he hides away. They can do a he can do a handstand just mm. off from nowhere. So he's been been practicing and he's been getting some core strength from somewhere. Wow! Yeah. Um, I don't know where from. Um, In that case, he'll definitely win. He's the only one of us that I've seen curl up in the fetal position in an airplane seat. So I reckon he probably has got some like secret moves that he's not telling us about. Um, he's the only one enough to fit, I suppose. Oh yeah, that's true as well. I remember if we, th- I mean, if we're going back far enough, if we're thinking about the entire Tesseract history, the first time we went to Russia, there was some, there was some moves thrown around by you dan <laughs> I, I can remember it was i wouldn't fun. want to have to like i wouldn't want to have to scrap you i'm just gonna say that fun times mate very fun we'd times a, we'd, all, we'd all had a bit of vodka more than a bit and vodka, vodka. you dead to everyone a, with your arm video there, there is, is a video has it been taken off the internet though? Because I think um, there was some or the the stuff from the altered state era and some of the earlier videos where it, like us at Hammerfest and all those like super old videos. I think those are gone. I don't think they exist anymore. Are they not um, in the uh, Tesseract YouTube channel? But like on like um, unlisted. Unlisted. Yeah, they're private at the moment. Ah. Oh, I think well, we should bring. Back, it's like some, some special edition hilarious content. That is so actually funny. hilarious. So funny. I think they're funny to us. But... <laughs> That's my point. I found I've got here. Okay, I'm going to show you what I've got here because they're just can't see up. you. Oh, no, oh, you can't, but the 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 people watching can. This is a massive stack of hard drives that's about as big as my face, literally. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six hard drives. I've actually got seven um, that are just full of footage going back to the very beginning. And it's... Burn it. <laughs> Burn it. It's it's mostly crap that didn't uh, get put into tour videos at the time. But there's probably some stuff, especially from like the first tour across the US, um, that would be quite nice to include in some kind of... I don't know, special edition around uh, around one time because that's coming up, isn't it? Ten years of one. Why don't you spend your time editing that because I'm fucked if I'm going to sift. No, I'm happy to. I mean, there's going to be so much crap. Give it, Give it to Foster's assistant. He's really enthusiastic and likes video editing. So this is probably not a public conversation. But yeah. <laughs> why... Oh, did we we weren't working with Foster then, were we? I'm just the thing that I don't want to do is give him a load of footage. If we're going, like, ooh, if we're taking the piss out of Foster in one of these videos, I don't want him to see <laughs> that. <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> uh, all right, questions. Who's the loudest snorer submitted by Finesse Greg? That's changed. Is it used to be you, but then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you stop snoring? Yeah. So I um, think. It's probably going to be metal. I think he's taking the crown. 
I don't know that any of us particularly snore. snore. Like, I mean, we we tour with people who snore. Some of the crew people. To be fair, apparently I talk so much. You do. You do. Yes, you do. Full coherent sentences. (laughs) I I remember there was one time we were were sharing a room, and I swear you woke up and you started talking about gear. Move that gear over there, or something like that. I've heard you at some point wake up, but like you must have broken yourself out of sleep paralysis or something. No, I won't be awake. And, and mm. you, you, you were like, ah, like <laughs> that's all I heard. It was. I remember in, that. that. That was quite recent, actually, wasn't it? It was it about was, a year or two ago. It, yeah, it was. Like, it was on the last run. I don't know if we were on a bus or a bandwagon, but it was. It was very <laughs> funny. Um, so, who's the loudest snorer? I, I mean. Uh, I don't know. I actually don't know. I'm just, it's just starting thunder. Well, there's a thunderstorm just starting, so if I get cut off, sorry about that. If Moss gets cut off, he's been struck by lightning, everyone. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, let's see. Got... If, Moss conve- if Moss's video conveniently stops during a very awkward question, <laughs> <laughs> it's got a great get out clause there, hasn't it? <laughs> Uh, let's see. Which member reads the most while on tour? I'd have said Amos. It, uh, the the first. Oh, he's he's not there. He didn't hear. Amos Williams. Who reads the most on tour? I'd have said you. Probably. Yeah, it's probably I, me. I, I actually I think it might be metal. It depends what you're reading. Because he's true. always looking at his computer working every single day when he's not actually doing a gig. Yeah, define the reading. Is he opens his laptop. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess if you include reading stories about metal bands, maybe. I don't think that's quality reading. <laughs> Depends how good the band is. Uh, right. I'm, I'm just looking for more questions. Um, oh, here we go. I guess everyone's got to answer this one. Um, what were the five most influential albums in your life not necessarily musically but just because it reminds you of your of a particular time in life and why what a long question yeah i mean let's let's get it down to three not instead of five well each of us i'm out um metallica black album because it was an introduction to heavy metal for me um the guitar tone the riffing uh, the songwriting, absolutely amazing. Um, uh, the Man with the Movie Camera by Cinematic Orchestra because it was a real introduction into space and dynamics and just you know, an interesting crossover between electronic and live music. And, um, oh, God, what can I pick for a third one? Nickelback. Uh, Decade of Progression by Slayer because it's probably the most metal album in the world. <laughs> nice. There you go. Nice. Who's next? I've only got one so far, so I'll come back with two more. Dan, what are you saying? Uh, off the top of my head, I would say <clears throat> probably Enigma's 1990 album. Purely because that was the f- when, when I was eight, that was the first full album that I ever listened to, where I listened to it non-stop. As my intro- introduction to world music. And... I would say it's around a similar kind of 
time of life, like, you know, very early teens, I would say potentially dangerous, bad or dangerous, one of those two albums, just because of the, you know, Michael Jackson's vocals. They they were the, he, he was the voice that got me into singing, to be honest with you. Um, and then more recently, I would say, I think a lot of people already know this, but uh, Mird and Om, Perfect Circles debut album mm. is probably mm. one of the albums that gave me the, I don't know, um, pushed me towards being a singer professionally, I think. Nice. Have you got three, Moss? I do, yeah. So these were all kind of when I was a teenager, but I guess that's what happens to everyone. Those, the memories that you form and the music that you get into find your you they kind of imprint upon, upon you and shape your worldview beyond that jam. Uh, so one of the first ones was Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd and simply because it introduced me to the concept of kind of non-linear writing and passive concept mm. art and moving things on the simple verse chorus but as well as that, it had the concept of first chorus, but building it over a much larger time than what you'd normally be used to. And things like Sgt. Pepper's um, the Hearts Club Band by Beatles. Because again, that was a pop album that wasn't pop. They somehow made music that was more than radio-friendly interesting to a point of that you wanted to go back and listen and find the bits that you didn't hear the first time again and again and again so much replay ability to it without being like immediately hooky and catchy that was really interesting and then i'm going to say red hot chili peppers blood sugar sex magic because that just defined I can't even tell you the year that it came out, but I'm going to say like something like that. And it kind of pushed me in a direction to learn not just bass, but drums. What was it? Did he say? He does, does he? Yes, he does. He does like to do that. <laughs> Fastest watching. I just saw that as Who well, drinks the most wine? Who drinks the finest wine, says Adam Foster. <laughs> <laughs> not me at the moment I haven't drank any wine for about two and a half months mm. um, I did to put my money elsewhere uh, just for the time yeah. being well it's not Dan because he's not drinking mm. I'm particularly good at finding cheap nice wines like, like Little and Aldi is particularly good at that <laughs> but yeah let's not start talking about Little and Aldi because we could be here forever I've been getting wine forever. For... We'll be here forever. It's so amazing. What a great topic to talk about. I've been shopping at like the, I guess, kind of the equivalent here, but it, it's really, really good. But and they got these wines that are like five, six dollars, and they taste fine. They taste fine. So I, I don't know. I don't think any of us drink particularly fine wine. Little is now in North America. Is it? Why would I be It'll happy take... to know that? <laughs> would you like to? I, 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 I'm not the guy that's... A, he's got Aldi in... I'm p pointing at Dan on my screen. Aldi and Lidl 
like things that get posted all over the internet. It's it's become a whole thing. <laughs> Audi. <laughs> Please do that. Oh my god, that'd be so good. Um all right. I'm gonna see if uh one of our if we've got a voice caller. Um let me just see what the mods are saying. I'd just like to point out that there's a load of Aldi badges being posted in the Twitch chat right there now. There is a load of Aldi badges being posted in the Twitch. It's being spammed. Absolute spam. Um Right, give me two seconds, lads. I'm just going over to ask if we've got someone that's going to come in. Um, I was actually shopping in Aldi today. Oh, well, yeah. That's that's good. I'm pleased for you. Um, okay. What was, what was the random shit aisle? Anything well, did, I get, did I get anything? Um, yeah. they, they actually ha I did actually get some stuff today. Some, um, what was it? Liquid energy gels for when nice. i do my 10k run tomorrow so i'm gonna take some yeah quite cool okay um we've got a caller i'm gonna drag him in it's infinite myth everyone myth are you there myth jay what are you, are you saying i'm good how are you how's everybody doing today good Thank you. infinite myth Infinite message. <laughs> what is your so, question, Myth? So I had a question regarding um go find it. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Of course, the second that I need to find it, it's not there. <laughs> you just need to pry um, deeper it, in your brain. Nah, that's fine. So the question I had was surrounding recording and playing live with everything going on these days so even before the pandemic hit um as you all know like jay you live in austin and everybody kind of lives across the globe now how has that changed the writing process um if at all and what processes have you had to come up with to not only record music but also rehearse and get ready to play them live um since of course you're all over the world mm. it, who i don't feel like it's changed what we do it's done remote writing and rehearsing for forever really we've always been a band that lived in separate cities so um it's just got easier and easier as internet connections have got better and cloud storage has got better and just got easier for us i think mm. i would say nothing right. really nothing's really changed um be because of what's going on in the world for us um in terms of how the music gets written and how we how we learn it um, that that process has has kind of stayed the same, at least it has for me. Sorry, what were you going to say, James? I just interrupted you. It's kind of going to echo what you guys are saying, really. I think we've always operated quite, I guess, remotely, and come together when we actually have to play together, which isn't that often. Apart from in the early days when we used to jam, but I guess for the last decade, really, we've always operated in our kind of own spaces and through the internet. 
And I guess for playing live, it's always been we turn up, everyone learns their parts, we play it, we can kind of sort of do it. Then we stuck for the first week of tour, and then we're really good after that. And I think that's kind of the way we, we have been and probably will continue to be. Mm. Dan, do you, have you got anything? No. All right, see you later, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... No, nothing's really changed, has it? Because we've always been remote. Um, I say, I say, nothing's changed. I think uh, <laughs> we're all contributing more. That's the biggest thing that that's changed. So, whereas in the past, Ackle's been the main man writing all the music, we're all contributing now and doing little bits here and there. And you know, we're file sharing a lot more. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's good to see. It's good to see. I mean, it's it's definitely help helpful for Ackle because he he is still. The main driving force is the man that you know pieces together the puzzle. But the more that we can, you know, add add to that, um, yeah, the better I'd say. Cool, nice. Well, thanks, Myth. Um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for your support. Infinite Myth. Question. Infinite Myth. I love you. I love you too, Dan. <laughs> but Jay has the prettiest face. Well, I do have a pretty good face. Thank you. He very does much. have a pretty face. Um, right, thanks for having me, guys. Beard out a little bit, actually. Anyway, yeah, cheers, dude. I'll catch Later, you dude. soon. Um, I'm gonna go into another written question here, uh, Thompson, because it's kind of related. How much do you guys practice on average at this point? Depends. Depends what you mean by practice, I suppose. I mean, practice in general. I'm actually playing a lot more at the moment than I have done in a while, but I think that's because I'm at home a lot. Um, mm. In terms of practicing Tesseract stuff, um, I haven't played anything in a long time. Don't say that. Don't say that. You've just exposed yourself. <laughs> You're supposed to say every day. Uh, every day. I like to come to each tour as if the music is brand new. That way I will be excited. Ah, that's <laughs> but I think everyone, I don't know, I've been trying to be. Like, Rather than practice kind of existing stuff, trying to be a bit creative and do different things. I don't know, try and write some stuff and engage the brain in different ways. Um, but yeah, I can't remember how to play any of the old songs, so <laughs> we'll worry about that next year when we're touring, maybe. What about you guys? I've been rehearsing loads, like literally more than I've ever rehearsed in my life. And it's all thanks to doing the Twitch stuff. It's mm, been same. very liberating. Like the other, the other day, I went from start to finish all the way through Polaris and I sang and I finished with seven names and I'm singing it really consistently well. Um, and that's only because I'm rehearsing stuff every day. And it's the same with writing new material. Like I feel like it, we, in the past, we've always kind of written towards a deadline and never really you know practice the songs together never really given them any thought on you know how we're going to do it live and there's a lot of uh you miss out on a lot of development by not rehearsing and practicing material before you record it and i've always been uh you know that that's been my biggest weakness really um in terms terms of writing music it's always been at the very last minute you know do what you have to do make a song think about how you're going to sing it and perform it later um but i have to say that i think that 
the best is is yet is yet yet to come. Definitely for Tesseract as a whole as well, but also for me as a singer, I feel like just I'm singing. I'm just really consistent now, and in terms of like pitching and knowing my own repertoire, it's just great. I love it. I'd really like to. It's a shame things aren't how they used to be in like the 60s and 70s, where at least my understanding of it was from anecdotal evidence. Um, like, for example, Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd was performed in its entirety about 18 months before they went into the studio. Little bits here and there. They didn't do it as it was on the album. They would do perform some bits of it, see how it went down, go back and rewrite some stuff. It's a shame that we can't do that now because we write infinitely different music. Mm. For me, it'd be fun as a musician. I'm sure as an audience, they fucking hate it. You know, what's this awful music that I don't know? You know, I've come to hear the classics. So it's, um, it, it's a shame that we can't do that because that would be It'd be a lot of fun. I'd like to do that. That that would be a lot of fun. I'd I'd very much like to hit a. Okay, you know how we, you, you get used to playing something live, and the the old stuff evolves. It, it it's never gotten boring for me, at least. <laughs> and uh, someone asked me this the other day, like, you know, do do you get bored of playing those old songs? I'm like, well, it's not Wonderwall. You know, this is like stuff that is. It takes a lot of thinking to play or it used to take a lot of thinking to play whereas now i think we just kind of follow a it, it just feels natural to play um but the the way i play it now the way i play my parts have evolved as i've learned to do new things and that's kind of, that's always what's mm -hmm. kept it fresh for me um you you learn that you can put this this way of doing a particular fill or a new, as boring as it might be to most people, a new ghost note pattern or something as simple as that. It keeps it fresh for me. Um, and uh, in talk, going back very briefly to the whole rehearsing thing, I am rehearsing way more than I ever have in my life, literally, because I've got this delicious drum kit and I've got all the time and I'm playing drums at least five days a week um, on and off stream. And it's I don't think I've ever played as well as I have no it's it's kind of same crazy. absolutely same it's the same with um just look just like fitness and health i feel like for the past seven years i've constantly been working my ass off with very little focus on on me if that if that makes sense and very little focus on the art of it as well in terms of music but ever since doing the twitch thing and actually finding a sustainable way of you know being able to rehearse and be supported by the community that we got it's just it's so liberating it's absolutely incredible like now as well i'm finding that i've got more time to invest in myself so like for the past two months i've been really working out very very hard and um that's only going to benefit the next tour cycle like you know mm. looking well performing really well having good levels of fitness and just feeling great you know learning to um you know have, have a sustainable lifestyle on and off the road which is achievable that's going to be amazing mm. excited for that nice um shall see if we got another caller i think we have um 
I'm going to drag sis the fox into the chat. Let's see. Sis the fox, are you there? Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello there. Hello. What is your, what is your question? James. Uh, so I don't have, a, I have any one question. It's forgetting a little bit about this whole pandemic thing. Like, what is your expectations for the concerts on the Latin America? Because here in Latin America, we are very excited to receive you guys. <laughs> so what is it, forgetting the pandemic and all those stuff, what is your expectations? I'm I'm actually slightly worried because I don't want to perform one all the way through. <laughs> um, so that's that's my only uh, hesitation. But um, I am super excited to get over there. Um, I mean, you know, our South American uh, fans have just been screaming for us to go over there for years now. So yes. we're hoping that the shows are going to be wild, let's say. And uh, in terms of the production, I mean, I don't really know how that's going to be done. I mean, what what are the venue sizes we're, we're playing over there? They, they vary. Uh, the smallest, I think, is 800, and there's a couple of 1800s. The 800 show, we've got two shows booked, so it's essentially... Um, 16. Quite, um, quite good. You know, the venues are actually quite high quality. I've got no information on the one in Colombia, but that's the only thing. Um, the rest seem great, but the only thing that I, I think is that we've only experienced Mexico in terms of Latin America. So it's going to be really exciting to get down to Brazil, Argentina, Chile. As I said, Colombia, and it's going to be fun to see how different everybody is. Because I hate to tell you, the rest of the world will just lumber Latin America, Latin America into one. Thing. It's always nice to then come away from having visited those places, having a deeper understanding of not just the place, but people and culture, and how they enjoy music tells you a lot about details and the history of a place because it's where people let go a little and show you their true selves. So nice to see more than any preformed concepts and ideas of a place. It's also exciting to visit new places and experience different cultures, different food, um, meet people um, who are different. I mean, I, that's a real, a real exciting part of traveling for me and um, yeah, as well as the gigs, I think you know, the, the whole experience is going to be amazing. Fingers crossed that it happens. And if it doesn't happen in September, because you never know what's going on in the world, we will definitely make it happen one way or the other. Because as Dan said, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. I mean, literally what you guys said. Um, I don't know if I've even got anything to add to that. I, it's a part of the world that I really want to see and explore. Um, <laughs> there's a handful of places that we've not made it to with with tests and i think in terms of the the number of people that are vocal 
um about uh, you know asking us to go there and and do do these shows um talking about that it drives me nuts that we haven't got to stasia yet i I must have told you guys got stopped the street by fans in shanghai so that i mean obviously yeah i stuck out one white guy in, in the community there but at the same time in a in a city full of 30 million people it's stopped by a genuine fan on like 10 12 occasions shows you that there's a fan base there mm. it drives me nuts that we never got to china let alone to japan and places like just so hopefully we're going to places like latin america and the other parts of the world uh, more than just north america and europe been our uh, bedrock for the past 10 years. Mm. I'll, I'll really go. Go on, sorry. Sis, Sister Fox, where, where are you from? I'm from Brazil. Uh, I can be honest, I'm waiting for this concert like for years. And a fun fact that I say, I think I said in November of the last year, I said, I will be very happy if Tesseract confirms a concert here in Brazil and then one month later you guys confirm it and i i i almost died on that day <laughs> uh, here in brazil we have a very strong community uh related to tesseract uh, there's a lot of fans and since brazil is a huge country there's fans from all states and everywhere here so it's going to be pretty awesome to receive you guys and if i can say you will love here not only Brazil, but the whole Latin America. Uh, but in Brazil, the people of the music community is very strong and they really love the show. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I've always wanted to go and see a, or go to a metal show in Brazil ever since I was a teenager and being obsessed with Sepultura and looking at you know, the stuff that they were doing yes. back then. And uh, so, yeah, that's another exciting reason to go for a bit of, a bit of heavy metal history. Yes. <laughs> so thank you so much, guys. I'm, I'm appreciating want, the opportunity to <laughs> when, when we do come over, you want, this, James, I can introduce you, you to their uh, sound guy. The tour is genuine sound guy when they were in Latin America. Nice. Yes. Um, it'll be fun. You can maybe even get him on tour. Okay. Then, we'll be line checking uh, with the one fingered breath. Oh, <laughs> Yes, yeah, sorry. I... I was about I was about to say when we do come over, we must make sure that we meet and say hi and get some photos together. Yes, please. I'm just waiting for the day and I received your lyric shit and oh my god, it's amazing. It's a uh, uh, Did you say my lyric shit? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounded like. I wanted to make a joke about that, but I couldn't. I'm sorry, oh my, my English is not that. Good. I know, no, your English is amazing. I was I was just being funny. I'm sorry. You you're awesome, sis. You are uh, a very, you're also an awesome supporter of, of mine and Jay's yeah. Twitch streams as well. So thank you so much. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the day that James and Amos and Echo start to stream. We are waiting for the day. <laughs> I, I, I can say then. there's a lot of people. <laughs> so we are waiting for you guys. And thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, okay. sis. Okay, have a nice end of stream. Thank you so much. See you soon. Thank you. <laughs> Oh man, that was great. Metal's face when uh, when sis said, "I can't <laughs> wait for you guys to start streaming." It's like, <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. 
think if we could work out the technology, and a, a complete band one would be a great idea. But yeah, um, it's not that interesting. So yeah. I mean, I, Do I, have I to go get my drink back in a minute. Okay, he's he's, he's going to get his G and T. Bless him. Um. I'd I'd love to do if the technology was good enough and if the latency was down enough, um, uh, we could do some kind of live a live live uh, band rehearsal jam, whatever it's going to be. Um, that'd be fantastic, but I I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how that'd even work because unless you look as we've talked about this haven't we before a piggybacking off of like one call into another into the next into the next into the next and you've only got to have one crappy internet connection for that to like not work um but it'd be worth trying i've got i mean the, in terms of what i'm doing here the, the latency between me hitting pads and triggering realistic drum sounds is down to like, like about five milliseconds next to mm -hmm. nothing but getting the uh, the getting that information to you, it's got to, it's got to do quite a bit. Yeah, I mean there are better ways of encoding video on the fly. Yeah. So you'd have a hardware unit before you hit your laptop or your computer, for example. Um, so it actually encodes before it's to the streaming platform. But uh, beyond, you know that is already entering into TV production and that's probably not something that everybody is interested in or can afford mm. because you're looking at about six to seven hundred pounds per unit yeah that's a lot but, and that's the basic one but that would be that combines all audio all um you know that's actually something that i want us to take on tour because we could then especially with being as messed up as they are now mm. it's going to be a, a long time before there's any sense of normality or semblance of norm normality i should say so there are there must be ways that we can perform to a large audience using the technology that we yeah. and we can be together and so, i mean that's one way of doing it with a end up with quite small uh, file size yeah. it's quite easy to get back to the internet well the um this is going to get techy and slightly boring i'll try and make it not do that but i've i've just gone over to the dark side i've sold my mac and i've bought a laptop that's very capable of uh streaming uh <laughs> like on the road it's basically this a mirror image near enough of the pc that i've got uh but in like really? what's that it's i'll send oh, you the you link can, dan you need to you need you need to message me yeah, I, tell, me, tell me the, the specs. <laughs> resale price of our Max, Dan, will get you one of these laptops pretty much. No. Yes, 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 yes. So no. I'll, I'll let you know what it is. Um, Neuro sorted me out on that one. But yes, it, it's going to be... Uh, I, I did it because I needed a more capable audio machine for what I'm doing. The Mac was having a cake every time I tried to use it. And um, it, it's going to be hopefully an asset for us um, on the road to be able to do some live stream type things. Um, awesome. So yeah, um, let's take some more questions. So I'm gonna have flick through these millions and millions and millions and millions that we've ha got in uh, in here. But my amazing Mac, what? Not Mac, sorry, my, my laptop won't move. Does mind if I make a cup of tea? 
I don't mind if you make a cup of tea. Can you make me a cup of tea? So, it's so humid here at the moment that I'm just... Uh, one of you guys uses the phrase spitting feathers. I'm, I'm doing that. <laughs> Be back in a minute. All right. Um, well, I was going to ask this question, but I think Moss would give the the longest answer, so I'm going to wait for him to come back. Um, oh, there's some really good ones. Um where do you see Tesseract at the end of this decade? Um, are there any th- and also, are there any things you wish you could have done differently for the band in the last decade? Yeah, absolutely. Go on then. Firstly, I've stopped getting carried <laughs> away with, with where <laughs> Moss just chonk, chonking on the banana. <laughs> chonk. I've stopped worrying about where we're going to be and I'm trying to live more in the moment and enjoy the ride. Yep. And then because of that, I get more excited when really awesome opportunities arise and actually happen. Um, and to be honest, I don't get too excited about ideas that get thrown up. I mean, because sometimes those things don't transpire and you can get your hopes up. And I fell into that trap so many times personally in the past. So I just enjoy the ride. And I feel like we're all in a very stable place we're enjoying tesseract more than ever i know i am i'm really enjoying i'm so excited to get back on stage again just performing to people i was i was actually thinking the other day about that that gig we did in 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 athens last year was it last year or the year before last year year. it was amazing wasn't it it was just like a really small club it was absolutely rammed sweaty so much energy i just can't wait to get back on back on the the stage and do shows like like that it doesn't have to be big festivals i mean they're amazing and hopefully there'll there will be more of that to come and the production will hopefully get hopefully get bigger and better but you can't beat shows like that no there's there's a different energy at those those smaller intimate shows that yes, big stages are very incredible and a lot of fun, but it's uh, it's so so much fun playing the high energy sweaty shows. Um, just very quickly, Guitar Corpse in the chat. Uh, that video is blocked in America. It is blocked in a lot of places, but I've uploaded it to Vimeo. And if you go to jpostonesdrums.com, you can watch the video um, the, of the Grease show uh, from my Vimeo account, which isn't blocked. So go and do that. It was blocked because of copyright, and we could never actually unblock it because the music industry. Uh, Which one? The, there was a live drum cam of that entire show that Ackle mixed, uh, so oh it sounded right. I thought, huge. I thought it got released from the grips. No, I asked a million times for it to get released from the grips, and it didn't get released from the grips. It still very much got its ball still in grip. the vice. So um, it's on, but I, I just re-uploaded it because that's a way of doing it so there we go um what did you want to add anything metal i don't think looking forward i think ultimately it's a very fluid journey it's like you never really you i mean you can set goals you can set targets but there are so many variables you never really know where you know you you can't you can't necessarily stick to those you know with with the environment that you're in um, I, I feel like a, a good kind of general goal for 10 years' time is to have put out some more albums that have evolved and progressed and we're excited by, um, and ultimately just refine Tesseract to being something um, even better than it is now. And, um, and 
still be enjoying it in 10 years. I think that's yeah, the definitely. key thing. Because we definitely are now. Mm. Um, yeah. You know what I thought you were going to say? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, in 10 years' time, I want us to release more music. <laughs> Just full stop. <laughs> in 10 years' time, band will happen. Again. <laughs> band, more band. Master, we were just answering the question: Where do you see Tesseract at the end of this decade? Uh, at the end of this decade, and are there any things you wish you could have done differently for the band over the last decade? Is if we continue doing what we're doing, as long as other people still find us, we think we change. I think every album we change. Other people, we don't appear, we don't really change in no paradigm shift, for example. Uh, whereas to us, at least to myself, there's each album sounds different. And that's quite intriguing to me because that means that at least we'll always be picking up new fans if new people hear what I hear. And because I'm human, I'd imagine there are people out there that think the same as me, unless I'm some strange person, which I, I don't think I'm that peculiar. I do. So that means that, yeah, I, I walked into it. <laughs> um, so I think if we just continue with the momentum that we've had for the past decade, it's really getting depressing that we can now talk about a second decade. Um, it's great for longevity, but bad when you impressive. look back and go, I was once a young, innocent boy who barely shaved. You were and now not I'm a young, innocent young, boy. Innocent man who barely shaves. <laughs> so it's, it's intriguing to note that we just have this trajectory that is, you know, it slows down, but it's not a peak and a trough for us. It's more just a linear and I would be happy if that continues because that has some element of stability to it and stability is something in a musician's life that is exceedingly rare it would be nice from our point of view to continue to have growth and stability that helps us just feel better about the choices that we made in the past because we've all set certain things aside and sacrificed certain things that maybe from a normal lifestyle would have been better for us. It's certainly been, in my mind, I could have, looking at my peers at the time when I left studio work, they all now have Grammys. They all now have percentage points on top 10 albums. I think if I was a good engineer and continued in that path, I'd be far more successful in a musician's point of view. So that's something that if you know, that that is an example of one of the things that we've all had to sacrifice to get to this point. So it's nice to see that over 10 years, there's been a song, a strong, solid line that if we manage to get over this current issue that the whole world is having, that continues in 10 years time, we will be very well from a musical point of view. I believe I took five minutes to get to the thing I actually wanted to say. I'm sorry. 
case. Music, I, I believe that musically we're going in a direction that will mean by the time we get to album seven, I will be creating something that I feel is just mind-blowing. Because at least every album we do something that is intriguing, is interesting, and does change. Although, like I say, other people still say it sounds like Tesla. To us, there's a a little bit of a David Bowie thing going on. There's, there's a, it's not quite as dramatic change, but for us, there is a change with every album. There's definitely a change with every album. There's still time for Dan to get in his Mansfield rap section in, in a track somewhere. There are, there are times where you need to pull back. <laughs> uh, I like that answer a lot. That oh, was really dear. good. Um, all right. Uh, let's do one more of these, and then we'll see about getting a caller in. So... Um, <laughs> bit controversial what's the biggest disagreement you guys have had as a band um whether to go in a bandwagon or spend on a bus <laughs> yeah I mean, probably something to the comfort levels that where to eat to be about a, mommy, where to eat like where to eat seriously we the number of times we're walking around a random city and we're like, what do you guys want to know? Like, what do you, where do you want to go? I like, what about this place? And we just walk past everywhere before we decide to go in a place. And one of us, at least one of us, is starving by that point. <laughs> we're quite. We get along. That's don't what's we? great about when you have a crew with you because you can just split up. Yeah, of course we do. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's been any um, real big, dis- real big disagreements that have been there's, there's there's not been any arguments that i can think of there's disagreements uh, would be about where to spend money that's that's about about it but i don't think there's been um and that they're always just conversations rather than disagreements um yeah i don't know because everybody comes to that conversation with a coherent argument point of view sorry yeah and we at least listen if we disagree we talk about it which sadly seems to be in short supply amongst most things these days you know people are unwilling to just listen mm. so i think it's great that as a band we tend to listen now maybe Akko will be sending a text saying you remember that time that you fuckers <laughs> you know but it's um uh, yeah the, Never had a major argument. Yeah. I don't think anybody takes anything personally because even if there's some form of energy in the conversation, it's kind of uh, the heat in the moment and shows everybody's passion. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, let's let's have another caller. All right. Let's see who we got. Um, should just why are you doing that? I just I have to comment on your um, on your uh, alert that you have for donate for donations because wow. it's just it's just amazing. Every time I hear it, I, I laugh. Which one is it? I can't hear them anymore. See, why have you turned them off? No, the way I've got this set up, I can't hear the the sound alerts that come through. Um, only the stream <laughs> can hear it. Do you know why you're talking now? There's like an element of kind of like um a middle of the road level of expression like 
you're not enthusiastic about the way you're talking. You're quite, quite chill, right? Mm. So when someone donates, you'd <laughs> expect someone to be like really excited, like, yay, tipper. And you, this, is, this is you, absolute tipper. <laughs> I, well, absolute I play drums. Tipper. I never claim to be able to talk <laughs> well. It's well. so calm when you say it. It makes me Absolute laugh. tipper. I wanted to sound like Alan Partridge. Absolute tipper. Absolute tipper. That was the whole thing. Um, right. Absolute tipper. Carry on. Sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt. It's, it's all right, Dan. I'm used to it. How rude now. of me. Um, Cam Burns is coming into the chat. You ready? Cam, are you there? Hello. 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 How's you... everyone doing? Cameron Bernage. <laughs> Every time Cam drops into a stream, it's like, hey, I'm like, Cam, Cam Chief Quimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a new name every second. So many names. <laughs> How are you, Cam? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. I just uh, chilling before I have to go to work. We need to we need to hear more stories. In fact, now's the perfect opportunity. Perfect time. <laughs> Cam, tell us tell us a quick story about what happens at work. Oh, I mean, funnily enough, the other day, some some idiot decided to um, decided to light a piece of paper up and throw it in a bin outside our our work, which was uh, interesting. But yeah, what, that for happened. A laugh? <laughs> yeah, he just did it for a laugh. <laughs> he literally just he just was outside. Lit the piece of paper up, threw it in the bin, and then just legged it. Absolute arsonist. Yeah, it was... Cleaning that up wasn't nice, because the bin was full of banana peels, just crap. <laughs> <laughs> it was not... Uh, Where do you work, smell of rubbish and burnt banana peels. That must have been yep. great. Where do you work, Cam? I, uh, I work at a co-op. Ah, it's, it's not quite Aldi or Little. I'm sorry. To be fair, I'm, I'm a fan Aldi. of the co-op. Co oh, yeah. That's good. That's very good. What What would you like to ask uh, these Gribos? Um, what is the best advice you could give to bands starting up today? I'm going to let somebody else answer that because I've, I've kind of done this in my streams, so you, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> I think don't put don't put unique in your bio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think really, really focus on what you want to do and what you want to achieve, and don't just don't jump on a bandwagon or something that's going on at the time. Don't you know, like don't sort of be influenced by what's hot right now. Do what you truly want to do and really focus on that and develop it and hone it and make something very much you. Um, so in my day job, I work in, in music press as well, um, as being in Tesseract, and so much music is that, that's out there. It is kind of just there and sitting within kind of like the current scene, and it's all okay. But most of the stuff that's just okay kind of comes and goes. Whereas stuff that really sticks is stuff that stands out and is interesting and adventurous. And I think, and adventurous doesn't necessarily mean be. You know, be really crazy or wacky or incredibly technical or anything. Just thinking outside the box a bit and being organic, natural, and yourself. And I think, I think that's that's 
the absolute most important starting point and then uh yeah be yourself be be content with it and don't try to copy anybody else but you can also take influence because you know all bands do James is right there. It's, you can only really chase your goals and be happy. So I will only be happy as a musician if you're chasing your own personal goals. Other than trying to be a part of a scene, you could be one person, you could be a complete musical island. And because you're connected to the rest of the world, Sorry, but have a, died. a huge fan base, an absolutely huge fan base, and you, you don't need to be a part of anything. Just completely chase the style of music that you want, because that's the only way that you ever really feel satisfied with any form of gratification of music. You know, you have to make it intensely personal, otherwise it would just be a waste of your time. And then look years down the line you wonder where it went because you were chasing something else when in fact you uh, get that time back so it's kind of important to always focus on you know it doesn't matter if it doesn't fit in as James says because it will appeal to a large amount of people because the audience is no longer your local locality of uh, your community it, that you live in, it is the entire globe. And what happened to Tesseract, you know, our, we kicked off online and our fans were everywhere. That's why we ended up in North America within, before we'd released our debut album. It was incredible to be out there and touring as an English band in North America. Obviously, we were supporting, but it, even to be considered to put on that bill has proved that the, at that time, the internet was a nascent thing. It was burgeoning as in the way it was connecting. But now, it's, if you're looking at a band sat in their individual rooms, talking directly to people through the best format and medium that there is for a musician but it, it will allow you to do anything but there are no limits in, in your in the way in the community that you perform to so just be who you want regardless of how stupid you may think that is sorry yeah no just leading on from that um it reminded me of when we first started trying to get gigs in like 2007 and it was really, really difficult because we didn't fit in any box and nobody knew where to put us and who to put us on with. We ended up playing the cellar bar because Al works there and we ended up playing the pickled egg pub in Leeds because it was a tiny pub. <laughs> and I, like the hustle was actually quite hard at the beginning because nobody really knew where to put us, but eventually through the perseverance and sticking to our guns that we kind of managed to break through and get opportunities. But it was quite difficult at the beginning. Um, I thought something else to add as well. Um, once you're ready to actually take a leap and get your music out there and try and get gigs, basically it's really important to just network and get to know people, be friends with people, 
and be nice and be cool. Like the music industry is incredibly nepotistic and it's all people helping each other out. And so basically if you need to make friends to get a leg up and if people, you know, if you don't get on with people, it's much more difficult. Coming off the back of that, yes, there are shortcuts in the music industry, but there's no shortcuts to being a good band. There's no shortcut to being happy with what you're doing. And that's all down to you. And in some senses, it's almost better if you do get a few knocks because it teaches you the things that you want, the things that are important to you as a musician. And, and hopefully you're working with because that's a part of the community that you build. So, I mean, there's no easy way to make that happen. But there's definitely shortcuts are the best way to describe it. Once you're up and running as a band, there are definitely shortcuts. And um, the best one is knowing people. Then you are going to have to uh, walk the walk. One thing I'll add, I, I was momentarily off the stream, guys. Sorry, I forgot to plug my camera in because I am a tit. Um, so I'll, I'll miss a little bit of that and you may have already said something like this, but I, I've had a couple of messages that have pretty much mirrored themselves uh, over the past month or two. People trying to start a new project or how well do you recommend what how do i start this where do i go i want this to become you know i need to make money from this and it's if you start out a project with the sole intention of like this needs to make me money that is the the that is not <laughs> the way to do it. it it's if money is your driving force this is going to be a particularly painful career um money is at the end like some way down the road but it's you've got to enjoy the the act of being creative the creative process um yeah. and you've got to that's your tool that's how you make money that yeah exactly yeah. so you, you've got to really thoroughly enjoy the thing that you do rather than money being the driving force behind it and um the other thing that's i think very important that we were somewhat lucky with um is picking the right people to work with because you all become not just bandmates brothers you, you're business partners as well so you, you've got to consider yeah. that when there is money um at some point are, are you all able to um to make smart decisions and we're all um we're all in the smart decision boat together <laughs> um so that, that's that's all I'd say. Um, I think you guys have covered everything else. Yeah. Nice. Question. Thanks. Yeah, that was a good question. Um, thank you, Cam. Legend. Well, that's um, By right. the way, uh, everyone, go check out Cam's band Unoya. Uh, they just released another new single, and is the album finished being mixed now? Um, had a bit of a problem with that, but yeah, it's we're in the middle of sorting it out at the moment. Awesome. Well, go check them out on Spotify or whatever and uh, show some support. Cheers, man. Thank you very much. Cheers, Cam. Um, all right. Uh, let's. How much time have you guys got, by the way? I didn't ask you that at the start of this. I'm all right for a bit. Okay. Um, all right. Let's, let's see. So I've got another 
few questions in the uh, in the pot. When will instrumental oh. versions of Sonder and Polaris be available? Don't know. <laughs> it's something that our label's never been interested in releasing. So it isn't just down to us, it's um, the people that we work with <clears throat> from a business to perspective. Fair, it's something we've done with previous records, so yeah. it probably would make sense to do it. It's true. I haven't really thought about it. I, I mean, even if they were just released on Spotify, because that's, that's what would happen. I, I mean, how hard is that? I don't know how hard it is. But... Not hard at all. It's whether it depends on the strategy of the label, I guess, but I can't see it. It would be a conversation to have to reissue it at all. Like that, but at the moment, I think it seems to be quite cannibalistic. I'm sure, um, focus and sales that's worse. What the label was saying to them, hmm. I get a lot of questions from folks asking for stems like, where can I get drumless versions of these? And like, uh, I think it would be good to be able to put out the stems for something like a, a period of time after each album because there are people that for example want to perform it for for their university project or whatever and they've got to they they message me because they've got to use a song that doesn't have drums in the background i'm like well okay but i can't give you this um which sucks and i'd like to be able to say yeah here it is um but i can't I don't know. I mean, I've I've you mentioned don't own that. the copyright fully. Do well, that's yeah. You work with a label. Yeah, it's their content, and they would deem that as damaging for because the percentage of the community that wants that is too small for them to balance the uh, infringement that may happen. At least that's what they say. Yeah. Um, I'm unsure about it. I don't. I don't really know. It seems odd to present something in a different fashion, but then things have changed. There's there's a whole new way of listening and enjoying music. So I'm not on that level. Hmm. I think it's a conversation to have. Definitely. Nobody really does it. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong there. A gimmick, isn't it? As an artist, usually in like kind of electronical world, stems will be put out, um, people do remixes. I mean, it could be something we could do. I don't know. I know Ackle was a bit funny about it. I think because the stems for one and altered state don't exist anymore because he was using plugins and whatever that he hasn't got on a different computer. So I think that they exist on a hard drive, but he hasn't got all the stuff, so it would end up sounding different i think it might also be he listens back to that old stuff and he's a bit like everyone <laughs> people <do> that. <laughs> probably <laughs> okay um here's one when is hollow coming out on streaming services everyone loves hollow by the way hey, i'm surprised it. that's not Spotify, actually like, there's no reason for it to not be on that you'll find it'll be released on march 22nd 2021 yeah there you go. There we go. Yeah. Um, I can't believe it's coming up to 10 years. It's crazy. 
properly crazy. Um, what? Oh wow! This is a great one. Um, <laughs> what's the weirdest or creepiest thing a fan of yours has ever said or done? Ooh. I don't know if we can Let, fully go into so detail. Many. So many. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, Dan could like this could be a, a stream on its own, but I don't know how far you'd want to go into that. We can't. I don't know how. No. That, We've mm. had everything from death threats yeah. to Transylvanian twins wanting to make out with us all <laughs> to uh, <laughs> the, honestly, just so it, the stories are just ridiculous. There's so many. We should, we should probably do a stream just based purely on all of the nutcases. Those things. Yeah, we do have some very overzealous fans, which is you know. <laughs> You can kind of understand it to a degree, but yeah, I've been there myself as a young kid, seeing my favorite bands playing and just meeting them backstage and being like totally overwhelmed by the situation and just saying stupid things because I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. But there are some people that genuinely are completely over the top. Some people are unstable. Some people are genuinely in need of help. Some people just want to be stupid and do outrageous things for attention. Um, there's a whole range of different attitudes towards us, but most people are really cool, you know. But mm. there are yeah, plenty of people that are crazy in the nicest mm. possible way. Yeah, the vast majority of Tesseract fans that I've met, though, have always been really lovely, interesting, intelligent people that you know, are just super cool. I think I think the, the, the crazy element is literally like a fraction of a percent, but it does exist. Mm. And as always notice those that shout loudest the dungeness of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean and also as it's it's kind of inevitable, isn't it? As uh, as your presence. What what was the question again? Um what what's the weirdest, creepiest thing a fan of yours has ever said or done? And I we I mean we kind what of answered about, it. What about the girl that tear gassed everyone in Chicago? Yeah, but that wasn't for us. She was pissed at somebody in the crowd, wasn't she? Oh yeah, true. She didn't say you're gonna love this, I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was mad. It was bad, though. That was bad. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I won't go into it all here, but like, yes, the, there's a. We were already on like tender hooks because of something going on. And when that happened, I was like, oh, God, like, something's happening. This is not good. Because immediately, I remember looking at you, Moss, on stage and you looking at me like your eyes were wide open i'm like yep i've got this too and neither of us could breathe um and it was right at the start of concealing fate part one and i just remember like this is something wrong with me am i having some kind of do i need like some kind of medical assistance like what's going on um and i just remember not really being able to breathe and trying to play that song just taking like really short breaths but still trying to play it was it was so difficult stupid um let's let's see what else we got um are you guys open to releasing short bursts of eps or singles rather than full-length albums every two to four years no have to work one song at a time be awesome but working with a label i don't know if that works for them maybe maybe the industry needs new models of working I'd certainly be happy to try those things. There's nothing to stop us doing a mixture of both, just having more 
having more content drip fed on online mm. services, but also having, you know, a main album or, or a featured album because people want to buy records. You, people are never going to stop wanting to buy records. And I think that we don't want our music to be throw away. Uh, and I do feel like there's an attitude of that with releasing one-off singles. I think they get far less attention than a full album that's got a concept behind it. That's a very powerful piece of body music. I don't think that's ever going to stop. I think that's um, like the concept thing is, is very important. Um, and I, I've noticed, like, again, in my day job, lots of bands really want to drip feed singles. And it's kind of taking the pop model, because in pop it's worked incredibly well. Like, single blows up, then single blows up. But in rock, I mean, some say rock's behind the times, um, but I don't think that's the case. I think in rock music in general, people like a body of work. They like, you know, a big creative piece. They don't just want, like, a three-minute banger and then a month later a three-minute banger. And um, so I, I, I feel like the body of work will still exist, at least in our lifetime of rock music. Well, there's nothing to stop us from actually, you know, after we've released an album, throughout the campaign, the touring campaign, to continue to release the odd single here and there. If we have, if we have some like really taste, like tasty B sides or whatever, we've never to done keep that, the momentum. We, we haven't no, had B sides, really. There's always, I mean, with, I think it's really around Polaris. There were one or two songs that, like, almost finished songs, very nearly finished songs. Uh, I'm thinking of like Shimmer and things like that, that we never, we we didn't just quite finish. And you could almost release that as a song now. It, 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 like there was an ending to it and it was like 95% of the way there, but it just wasn't as strong a song as the stuff that got released. Um, and there's a lot of that. There's a, there's a load of demos. There's stuff going all the way back. Mesh Rip 3. Mesh Rip 3. That's, I play that on my stream sometimes. That's like... That's great. It's so good. And it could do with a little uh, refinement. And I mean, Knuckle would redo the whole thing, obviously. wouldn't just release it the way it is. But that is, that's killer. That's so, so good. And I think we could do something with that. I think we could extend Hollow as well. Because remember, Hollow was just a, a live intro, wasn't it, at first? And... Extend it and it became Hollow. <laughs> Say again? We did extend it. It was an intro, then it became... The song hollow it, yeah it did but i remember like the way it ends it's really abrupt it's just kind of like do 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 and i i can imagine it lasting because it's only like two minutes or two minutes 30 or something it could be a lot longer than that um i'd like to do that i'd like to like reimagine something for the one like if we were to re-release one around the 10 year thing it'd be cool to do hollow 2.0 or something like that i think that'd be sick Probably not that difficult to do either. Um, I I would like to re-record Sonder, actually, especially from a vocal perspective, because I was ill all the way throughout that, and I feel like we needed more time to make that album what it should have been, which is a shame. It's a great album, but for me, I would have liked it to have been a couple of tracks longer, different mix. So maybe one day we could do a rework of Sonder. I think. I'm not. I'm not saying we're going to do that. I'm just <laughs> saying I'd like. I'd like to do that around, around the ten-year anniversary, maybe. Yeah. Um. Okay. Oh, this is okay. I'm going to read this one. This is going to be a dumb question. Uh, says daughter of gent, but 
how do you guys feel about the fact that you're actually someone's role model that there's someone out there and your music literally helped him or her get through some tough time in their lives just repeat that again daniel tompkins really fast repeat it, but really fast how do you feel about the fact that you're actually someone's role model faster no and that there's someone out there and your music literally helped him or her get through some tough times in life it's inspiring isn't it it's also mo it's motivating it's um it makes you realize that you're in a very um important place really because if people are looking up to you you know you are responsible in some way um and uh i think accountability springs springs to mind I mean, you've got to be careful to not let that kind of thing go to your head. I think people can get carried away and ego can just be boosted to a point where there's no return. But I do feel like it's, uh, you know, it, may, it, it does make you realize that you're in a very privileged position to be on stage and telling the story and inspiring people and helping people through difficult times. And I think as a, as a lover of music as well, having been through difficult times and listened to amazing albums that, that stay with you for a long time, you can kind of see it from both sides sides of the, of the of the story, really. So that makes it even more uh, interesting, I guess. But yeah, I think it's a very humbling experience to to be in this position. Anyone else? No, fair enough. Um, I mean, what? Yeah, what Dan said. It's kind of it's not something that i think about too much but yeah what dan said i actually haven't got anything to add to add to that really um i'm seeing if we've got any more questions in here there's <laughs> when is amos going to narrate a nature documentary <laughs> The next David Attenborough. Yes, I would love that so much. I'd listen to that nonstop. I'm open to all and any offers. His could, could you say something management. now? Could you could you pretend that you're narrating two bears mating in a cave and de describe <laughs> it? Make it three bears. <laughs> <laughs> and here we have two wild brown bears. Come on, Moss. I think that uh, style has been done before. Perhaps it needs somebody like, I don't know, Jimmy to uh, jazz things up a bit. Oh my but, God, that's um, amazing. We've had 50 years of David Attenborough and his clones trying to, for some reason, whispering. He's not even there. Lots of what's been done. This is all done in the studio. Why does he need to fucking whisper? It's, uh, it's one of those things that's always confusing. Do you not think he's watching it at the same time, though? <laughs> no, he's, he doesn't go to half these places. He used to. Yeah, when he, 40 years ago he did, but he, he, he goes for a quick video spot, then he's back home. He goes down Dudley Zoo, holds the animal in question. It's, it's, it's complete complete voice acting, isn't it? He's, he's got no idea what is, what's actually happening on screen. It could be anything. Through one hell of a journey. You know, he's gone from cooking... Turtle eggs on the beach where the turtles lay the eggs in the 50s, all the way to conservation. It's wonderful to see his journey. But, um, Amazing. But he, 
I have no idea why he has to speak such hushed tones, such laboured pauses, just to try and make you think that what you're watching is unique, important in this universe of a billion. Magetois of bears. <laughs> Montage of brown bears. Oh my That's God. a good song title, that. Montage of brown bears. Okay, uh, I'm going to see if we've got one more caller. Um, let's see. Actually, we can probably do two. I reckon we've got time. Um, I'm going to drag Eamon into the chat. Eamon, are you there? Amen. He's sorry, muted. sorry, sorry, sorry. I have my mic muted. Sorry. All right. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. That sounded great. Um, but yeah. Okay. So yeah. How's everybody doing first? Beautifully. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. So I was, I was actually going to ask something like legit about Tesseract and about Hollow, but. Um, Literally one minute ago, I opened my Facebook app and the on the main page, on my main feed, I find a post from Akokani. I don't know who that is, but it's just, it's literally saying, I like to rub garlic against my big boy testicles. Um, do you know any of that, guys? <laughs> what that story behind that is? He's probably, he's, he's probably around at a mate's house and the mate's got hold of his phone and he's been spanked. That's basically what's happened. That's happens what happened. a lot. Again, uh, like to rub garlic on his testicles in the in the front lounge of a tour bus. I've seen it. Yeah, I don't like to shame shame any kinks or something, but I mean, it's it's kind of okay, right, I guess. I mean, he's, he's into that stuff. It's like it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Each to their own, man. Each fear, own. fear. That's fair. Vampire repellent. I like that. That's good. In case the vampire bites you on the bollocks. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I have any further questions, so... <laughs> okay, that was beautiful. We will nice. let, let you get back to your 300% gain microphone. And I thank you very much for being a part of what we do here. Um, you legend. Yeah, it was an honor. It was an honor. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. See you soon. Nice one, dude. Thanks a lot. All right. Oh, my God. God, wow. that was, was gamey as that fuck. One, that was very quick in and out. Um, all right, we've got, uh, let's see, 666 Root coming into the chat. 666 Root, you're live on Tesseract TV. Are you there? I feel like Philip Schofield. He's muted as well. He's muted as Why well. Why Philip Schofield? I don't know. This is very LBC, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think 666 Root is there. I think... Uh, no. 666 Root. Too late, sorry. 666 Root. Um, <laughs> glass Ships. You're coming in hot, Glass Ships. Glass Ships, are you there? All right. All right. What are you That's saying? That's a nice level. That's nice. Oh, good, good Lord. Nice and smooth. How are you, Glass Ships? Forgot to mute the stream for a second there. I'm all right. I'm doing. I'm doing okay. How are you guys? Very well. All, very all the best is hearing you. Very quiet. I'm so sorry. Is this better? That's good. Better. Okay. Right. 
Oh, cool. Well, thanks for having me on. Thanks for doing this. This is actually awesome. This Thank good. you. How can we help you today? Well, no, no, I have sort of a creative question, I guess. Um, I know Ackle is, you know, the primary creative force for the band and he does most of the writing, but I feel like you guys probably do some stuff on your own as well. And I'm wondering what sort of processes you guys have for, oh, what's the word? Like writer's block, you know, getting, getting sort of creatively bogged down and not really having ideas, but you really want to, you really want to get in there and do stuff. Do you have anything that sort of helps get you in the mood and gets your juices flowing? Why? I'll go last on that one. <laughs> Just keep at it until, um, for a brutal sense, but just keep keep going until something gives me that uh, spark that I want to repeat it. I'm interested in hearing it and hearing where it's telling me to go. I'll sit down and not have what I want to but, And then all of a sudden there'll just be a complete spark and the whole whole movement of where it begins, the middle and the end is there. And then the, the problem is trying to uh, trying to keep that all in your head and um, making sure that you get from the beginning to the end without forgetting the majority of it. And so that's mm, that tends yeah. to be the issue that I have. But um, it's, there's, there's no process for me. It's just a case of sit down. Maybe it's uh, writing a beat. Maybe it's writing some ambience. It's actually very rarely bass, which is not. So um, it's quite difficult for me to begin that from base. I tend to work better working with somebody else's material when it's guitar. Why? That's only there's no conscious process except mm-hmm. sitting down and doing it over and over again. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that. Thank you. I think for me it, there's a lot of just trial and then Trial and bend, trial and bend, trial and bend, trial and bend. Oh, that's something that kind of works. Work with it for a bit. Maybe bend it. And then after a million tries, you might find one thing that sounds quite good. And uh, yeah, just perseverance, really, and just trying to do something that excites you. Yeah. What are you saying, Dan? There's a quote from Mick Gordon that gets used quite a lot, but it's quite useful change the process, change the outcome. So if you ever get stuck in a rut, try new things, different, for me, it's a, it's a case of different microphones, different way of producing, starting a new session from, from scratch, um, different tonal approaches. It could, it could be if I'm having a really bad writer's block day, then I just have to play some computer games and just think about nothing other than playing, playing computer games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me as well, like in, inspiration seems seems to be flowing well at the minute i'm quite happy i think it, it helps when you get good source material like you know the, the demos that we're throwing throwing around at the minute are really good quality they're quite inspiring um but also working with other people as well like i like to work with other lyricists and other other vocalists and get their different different take on things 
um, which I've been doing actively on on other material that I'm working on. Um, like for the White Moth stuff, um, I'm bouncing to and from with Jordan, my other vocalist, and we write our own. We, we write lines for songs and try try singing the stuff that we write for each other and swapping and changing. That, that's quite useful. Um, another good way of doing it for me. This is a bit cheeky, but if you've ever got a piece of music you're stuck on, try listening to um, a song or a singer from a different, completely different genre of music. So, so for me, I, I might go completely mm. pop. Take the melody right. of that particular song and try and slot it into the song that you're singing, but change change the key for it, and then see what comes out of that. See if, see, see if it inspires any other new ideas. Uh, so there's a little bit of plagiarism with that one to, to begin with, but when you ch- chop and change it all up, it can, can completely change the face of it, of what you're working on. And I mean, that's like a last resort for me. I don't really need to do that at all. I've, I've done it once or twice, um, and it has inspired some nice, some nice ideas. But um, aside from that, I think being tired, having the kids, dealing with the kids all the time, um, being on lockdown, uh, being dad while my other half goes to work and then it gets to like four o'clock in the afternoon and I'm absolutely shattered. And I'm like, I need to now do some work. I need to get, get my mind in, uh, in vocal mode. That can be quite daunting because I'm so exhausted. I can't think straight. And I've got kids voices screaming in the back of my head, still, still ringing out from, from the morning. (laughs) So I do have to kind of like, you know, just sit in my room in the quiet for a little bit maybe have some low-level music on in the background. Again, sure. play play a bit of gaming just to kind of like zone out for a little bit. And then slowly, I can come around and I start, I start to vibe again and then get in the booth and start writing ideas. And yeah, there's a million different, one, uh, different ways you, you can approach songwriting. Um, I mean, some people just have to get out of the house, just go for a drive, be visually stimulated, break away from the four walls that, that you're surrounded by and just get some different stimulus. Um, some people really struggle with it. Some people, it comes very naturally. I think the more you do it, though, you generally find that you are you are more inspired um, than someone that perhaps writes music on a very casual basis. I don't know. I mean, for me, for me at the minute, I'm working with a lot of music, and I'm fi- I'm feeling very very inspired. So hmm. that's good. Okay. I'd say the the main thing is just turning up. Just turn up, sit at your drum kit or pick up your guitar or your microphone, whatever it is that you do, put something down. And kind of what James said, you, you, you don't get anywhere by sitting there and thinking about it and thinking, oh, you know, I'd, I'd really like to uh, to have some new music. I'd really like it if I had this music now. But you've got to just do it. You've just got to turn up. And often, if I'm if I'm sat at my kit and I haven't, I feel like, and everyone goes through this, you feel like, oh, I'm playing the same thing. I'm doing the same thing. I've been playing the same kind of fills for ages. I've been... I haven't got anything fresh. If you're just sitting there jamming and not consciously thinking about that kind of thing, you will try to do something that you can't do. And that's very often the next thing that you're supposed to kind of isolate and take aside and spend time practicing. So... If I, tr- I mean, and very often on my on my streams, I try to do fills that I can't actually do. Um, but that's that's my that when I'm in the zone and I'm I'm not thinking about it, I'll I'll 
go down that 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 road and try and do something and it's it's new it's new to me at least and then i can isolate that take it away practice it and get better at it and then all of that is to me is inspiring and i can then try and use that in a song and whether that's a song that one of the other guys has created um i can add that to when it's time to humanize um or if it's something that i just want to program in and and start that way i mean and and often i'll start with just programming something into cubase like something that i know that i can't play if i want to have a repeating pattern that i can I can program in, but there's no way I'd just naturally be able to play. I'll put that into a computer first. And I don't share most of it because I'm not happy with most of it, to be honest. It, it's I might send something to you guys once in a blue moon when I'm like, oh, I actually kind of do like this. Or I'll send it to Ackle and he'll either yay or nay. Um, but <laughs> it's it's just about turning up and not getting too in your own head if nothing creative if no, if nothing that you enjoy comes out of it after any amount of time um eventually something will and eventually you'll be happy another thing that i like to do as well jay is um is if if i if i'm working on a song and i even if i even if i do a sentence like mm. sing join together a couple of phrases and then even if that's all that i manage to get done then i'll leave it for a couple of days and don't even play the idea again. And I come back to it with fresh ears. And you'd be amazed at what mm-hmm. fresh ears can do for your writing ability. Yeah. Just taking a break from it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. There's a, that actually rolls into a common theme amongst um, all artists. You basically, have to be in a position where you finish what's you're doing because you owe it to yourself I finish I mean you literally just stop and stop tweaking even if you think you're in position to um, continue writing owe it to yourself to move on and that could be leaving it aside for a week or it could be legitimately saying right this could be worked on some more but maybe I should stop right now I think that's something that all artists uh, forget about because quite often you've got something really, really good and you, for some reason, scrub away at the details just because you continue working and, all, and then you go back to it and it's just not as good as it was. And um, so it's, it's, I think, really, as well as looking at something and going, right, I'm going to leave that there, stands very right in what he said. You do come back with fresh ears. You're not under any pressure to be something. You could maybe even just consider it finished, then move on, do something else, and then come back to that. And you may have some amazing ideas for it. Hmm. Nice. Nice. Well, thank oh, you, guys, Glass. This has been awesome. That a was great lovely. selection of answers. James Monteith so has uh, morphed into a chair. Sure. Just, uh, it'll be back momentarily. Apparently. Thank you, Glass. You legend. Um, there's one more question that I'll read, and then I will wrap this up because we've been going for a little while. Um, what is Tesseract's funniest tour nightmare story? 
Uh, and it doesn't have to necessarily be funny. It can just be to a nightmare story. Is there anything? It's got to be the coach getting stuck on the ferry about five five different times. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it was insane. That what that was the literally the worst. <laughs> we got a brand new coach. We get on it. The first was it the first night. It was. It travelled from night. Reading to Dover. That was the. It was the start was as of far a tour as, it as well. Got on the ferry. By the time we get to the other side, and by the way, this is in the. Uh, let's not go down this route. Let's just let's let's, let's not go down. It's, it's going to turn into a moan fest. Zero sleep. Stuck on bus breaks down on the ferry. Can't get towed off because it's facing the wrong way. We have to sit on the ferry and go back all the other way to Calais. Two or three then times. Then turn back again. Turn back again. And then we and then the bus gets taken into uh, a garage. Uh, we have to get a random hotel somewhere. Pray that it gets fixed the next day. It doesn't. Then we've got to get a different coach company. We miss out on a show. Uh, just nightmare, logistical nightmare. It was everyone's difficult. thinking on their feet. Everyone's stressing out. Everyone's tired and exhausted from zero sleep for forty-eight hours. Just absolute nightmare. Mm. I can remember being stuck in that trucker's cafe in uh, Calais for however long it was, trying to sleep on the floor while Brian, our tour manager, was trying to arrange two splitter vans, one to take us and one to take the gear, or maybe just one splitter van. I can't remember that we're going to drive there from Paris. Um, And it was Cologne we were trying to get to, wasn't it? The first show was in Cologne, and it was BT, Bam and Pliny. And I remember um, we... I think we loaded everything up into that van and the van went off to the next show because we kind of crossed a a period in time where we're like, well, we can't possibly get from here where we are to Cologne in time and even get set up in time for the show. So we we had to write it off, but we did go back and play Cologne on that tour. We put an extra show in, didn't we? We, Instead of having a day off, we put on a show. Was it just us or did Pliny and... uh, Didn't... (laughs) I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to cut in, Jay, but on that same tour, didn't we also have the, the coach after that one? I'm pretty sure one night, <laughs> didn't the driver come bursting into the back, into, in, into the bunks and go, we're on fire, we're on fire. <laughs> Don't you remember that one? The wheel on the trailer had like... Oh, had, yes. oh yeah. <laughs> the wheel was on fire and he'd kept driving. Like the tyre had caught fire. Like... I mean, it must be something to do with the brake pads. That's. I remember cool. Mike, RLD, at the time, he like woke up the next morning. He was like, guys, I had the worst nightmare. It was like a living nightmare. Like, <laughs> the driver comes bursting into his bunk, shakes him awake. We're on fire. And he's like, what did you do with that? Like, jumps out of his bunk, absolutely panicking in his pants. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, that was crazy. I'd, I didn't wake up through the fire. Like, I remember... Brian saying, "Yeah, we dealt with the fire last night," and I'm like, "What? How did we not wake up for this? Like, because we didn't wake up." But I thought, like, if the, any any part of the bus is on fire, everyone should probably be wake woken up. But apparently not. Apparently, it wasn't so severe a fire that they had to wake up no. uh, the band members. But yeah, I mean, that one was particularly rough. I'm not going to go. There was the time down. when you went to India to do a festival and people got electrocuted <laughs> in the monsoon and you got rained off. Bad. That was bad. Stage just started sinking to the ground. 
the power went out because it's going to go out because it's the generator was underwater. Yeah. How does this happen? Yeah, that, that was that was that was a fun trip. Mm. to India and play a gig, fly straight back. Yeah, that was, was just nice. I mean, I, I mentioned this on the stream the other day because someone was asking about. Uh, the last time we played because uh, it was NH7 wasn't it and we played that last year yeah, and the time before yeah. that that we tried to play it was the time that the stage started sinking and everyone got electric shocks and I remember everyone was somewhat stoked because we all got a free pair of jeans out of it because Levi's was sponsoring <laughs> the event <laughs> <laughs> that was what we got we went, we flew all the way from London to India to get a free pair of jeans and then we flew back home <laughs> it was so Bye. dumb um but I mean, I, I can't think of a, a, other nightmare situations on tour other than just when you're exhausted. That's what about bad. the time when you when you nearly died on the plane? And then... <laughs> yeah, that I mean that that was a nightmare situation for me personally, and I've told this story a few times. We were flying to Israel, weren't we? And we'd done a show the night before, I think, where it was one of those which happened many times last on the last uh, European tour. You, you do a show, at, finish at midnight, you've got a couple of hours drive to a hotel and then you're up and you've got to be at an airport for 5am or something stupid. Um, so you're not really sleeping and we'd had a number of nights like that and it just completely wore me out. And I was also moaning about it a lot because I I know what n not actually getting sleep does to your body. So I've, I've read about that. And I don't want to put my body through that but sometimes you haven't got a choice. And I think it was weighing on my mind as well as it was as as much as it was weighing on my body and I sat down on the plane and started to feel very weird thought I was just having like a panic attack or something but it was it, it was more than that and I, I actually passed out completely and just dropped all my stuff and it was really weird but it was just exhaustion I'm sure it was just exhaustion not yeah. getting enough it's the first sleep. time I've, I've, I've actually been on a plane where it's been stalled and the paramedics have come on for someone that I know, for like yeah, a friend, or it was actually really. We were all really, obviously, concerned and scared. We can laugh about it now because you're fine. Yeah. But at the time, we were like, "Oh my!" Because you were you were you were sat next to me and you started sweating and you went white and then you just felt you just you slumped across the aisle into my arm. Yeah. I'm like, "Get what's going on? Is God is passed out?" Yeah. It happened again on the flight though. I remember like feeling did, like yeah. I was okay, but then it happened again on the flight. I just had to lie down. Like I can't hold. We were really up. surprised when they let you stay on. Yeah. We thought that was it. The show, the 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 next show's done. That's not going to happen. We've got to get Jay to a hospital. Look after him. Some, some something's seriously wrong. And they just didn't say eat a Mars bar. Yeah, you'll be they're... fine. <laughs> they're like, do you know where you're going? Yeah. I was like, yeah. Have a Mars bar, you'll be all right. I'm like, really? Is that like the universal? <laughs> pa paramed yeah. the paramedic walks on with a, with a group of people behind him with a briefcase, opens his briefcase, shows you a Mars bar. <laughs> 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 this will sort you out, mate. They were convinced you were hungover. Like they were saying, oh, he's hungover, isn't he? He's been drinking. No. No. I, haven't been drinking. <laughs> I haven't been drinking. I've been touring. There's a difference. Some people, there isn't a difference, but there was definitely a difference. Um, yeah, it was very, very tough doing that. But that, that for me is my nightmare situation on tour isn't um, what everyone would think. It would just be not being able to sleep and having to tour, like just being forced to stay awake and get on planes and 
then do a show which requires quite a lot of energy. It's very. It was one last nightmare, and you. I'm not sure whether you guys were a part of this, but when we did the the night train in Russia, oh. and uh, we're in those small it's little so... bunks, and Metal was in his most smelliest state that I've ever known him. <laughs> it was like, it was horrendous. Like when I woke up in the morning, my whole body, my clothes, hair, face, smelt of his anus. It was <laughs> unbelievable. Like you, we couldn't even open the windows enough. Like head heads hanging out the window of the train, trying to breathe. It was horrendous. Like, I remember. Bad uh, times. The, the first, first or second time we did the night train, and it was the we had no experience. This is the night train between Moscow and St. Pete, and I don't know in what order uh, or what direction we were going. But you couldn't open the windows on that train. It was super hot. There was no food, no drink, no nothing. There was one tap that basically let out brown water, and we were we just played this show and we needed water like uh, just needed a drink and we stuck on this thing for nine hours or however long it is um i can remember we we had we had some drinks with us but like beer and whatever like vodka or whatever we've been given and i remember james waking up quite drunk to go to the loo and he just walked like in his socks up to the toilet came back and there were these pissy footprints all the way down the hall because he'd been standing in like other people's piss in the train toilet (laughs) like (laughs) what are you doing i remember maz our tour manager threw his socks out the window she got his socks and chucked him out the window (laughs) it's so rough so that's a funny tour story. That's not a tour. High nightmare. times. The high times. High times. Shall we end on that absolute gem yeah. so that I don't take up any more of your precious time? Um, all right, guys. Well, that was beautiful. Um, we'll have to do this again sometime because it was a lot. It was fun catching up with you all uh, on the same We'll screen. try and get Ackle on next time and get yeah. the man talking. Yeah. Ackle wasn't on this one, guys, because he's uh, he's not at home at the moment. So um, he, he couldn't join us. But it will do on with, uh, with him at some point. Um, but yeah, thank you for for joining me that was a lot of fun and to everyone that um that submitted questions and jumped on calls thank you so much as well i'm gonna go because i've got to eat some tuna and i'm streaming at half seven do some more test rack stuff tonight so hopefully i'll see some of your viewers in my in my stream absolutely um and yeah moss i hope you're having a lovely time in south of france Mm -hmm. yeah it's not bad there's lots of lightning but it's okay all right, I'm going to chuck oh, you all see over you later, to Spence uh, Drums. Thanks, guys. See you all in a bit. And to everyone that is here streaming with me, I'll be back at 5 p.m. today, Central Time, with a drum stream. So see you later. Have a good one. Go raid Cam. <laughs>